Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Like me, you probably overheard someone else mention a moment of time that changed my life. Middle age and beyond, is such an instantaneous transformation possible? How about you? Has there been a brief moment in time and when your entire outlook on life changed? and you discovered your deeper calling? To put it in spiritual terms, that point in life when it became crystal clear the mission that you were placed on earth to fulfill. And if, like most of us, you have yet to experience this single moment of inspiration, is it possible at some time in the future that you will? And if so, how will you respond? Well, on today's program, we'll also talk about opening ourselves to the possibility of transformation, positive transformation, at any age, transition to a joyful and purposeful second half of life, a life of unrestrained contentment in service to others. And for some, this moment of inspiration may come when they are struggling to find their identity, perhaps in an unsatisfying dead-end vocation. For others, inspiration will come in the midst of a successful career, but in an entirely different, unanticipated direction. And such certainly was the case with my guest today, Ulrich Keller. And for decades, he had been experiencing great success in many different aspects of the fashion industry. But following his moment of inspiration, Ulrich now is pursuing his burgeoning career as a storyteller, speaker, and writer. And as Ulrich puts it, for 35 years, I'd been working to help folks look good on the outside. Now all that matters is helping people feel good on the inside. And before I introduce him, here's a brief bio. He started his career in the fashion business way back in 1980. Then partnering with his wife, they started their own trading company, importing high-end Italian fashion wear. And in 1998, Ulrich and his team took over distribution of clothes, a leading European brand for women's and men's sportswear. And his current role is fashion broker and location spouse, or scout, excuse me. <laughs> and his new career is a writer, storyteller, and speaker. He wrote a chapter in Jack Canfield's best-selling 2015 book, The Soul of Success, and soon plans to release the first volume of his own series of books, this one titled One Moment Can Change Your Life. And hello, Ulrich Kelleher. It's uh, indeed a pleasure to welcome you to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hi, Roy. Thank you for having me. Well, we're highly intrigued. Please describe this series of circumstances that led to that one moment that changed your life. As you describe it, uh, what did you discover is your deeper calling? I had my deepest calling at the age of 16. I was going to school and I became colleagues and they brought me to the emergency room and then they found out it is pancreas and I came into coma and I was lying there four days in coma and they told my mother to prepare everything for funeral 
And I had in this coma a near-death experience where I heard music which does not exist on earth. I saw colors which does not exist. And I came to a door and the voice was calling me whether I want to come through the door or to go back to life. And I surely knew this must be God. And I was 16, so I decided to come back to life to tell my parents and my girlfriend about this experience was the best in my life. And during this coma, I had dreams of other people, and it all became real. This was accidents and deaths. And the people stepped away from me and told me, hey, don't dream about me because this dream came true. And I was 16, and uh, I wanted to have a normal life. So I found fashion is really a good uh, business way you can hide behind, and you treat with a lot of good people. And <laughs> yeah, it's just like wearing a mask. And so my life went on I was very successful but the calling came back again when four years ago my mother fell in her apartment and she had an emergency operation which failed she was left afterwards paralyzed yeah. she could never come back in her apartment so she had to face the nursing home yeah. and I was always a salesperson my whole life so I said I have to do something I have to show up because she wanted to have a single room which is very difficult to get in Germany so first of all I worked as a volunteer at all events summer spring Christmas Oktoberfest and she was upset and said, hey, you are a manager. It's not your job to clean the table, bring the coffee. And then I had this, this wonderful idea. My father died too early at the age of 52. And he was a journalist and a writer. And he started writing his book and never finished it. So I said, hey, this is a good idea. I have an audience. Most of them are in the wheelchair. They have to listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> you can say, an you, have a, you have an appointment. You can do, leave now, but they have to wait. So I started uh, reading one hour a week. And again, my mother was the biggest critic and said, hey, read louder, speak more clearly, take a glass of water. Who is she? She's my mother. Okay. <laughs> the first hour, Roy, was awful. I was finished after 25 minutes, but... I improved. I get better and better. Yeah. Finally, my mother got the single room and she fell again and was in hospital and died. So what should I do? Is my mission really done? No, it's not done. If people wait for you 30 minutes before the event is starting and tell you in the end of the life, this is the best hour of the week, I could not stop. And yeah. to uh, be honest, the oldest one is 108 years old. Wow. So I continued reading. I'm still reading. I'm reading more than three and a half years. Every Monday, uh, the, the group expanded. Um, there was also a small miracle behind because... Yeah. We had a, a holy mass in November for all the losses in, in the year. And yeah. I said to my wife, what are they doing? They had 51 candles in 52 weeks, an average wow. of one person. I was thinking back, said, yes, I also lost four people in the first six months. More than two years. Nobody died anymore in my group. They all oh, this is 108. And they sit there, they have a rule and say, Roy, you cannot sit here. Here's Mrs. Kramer. Here's Dr. Hahn. So they have something. And I say, it's really time to give back. And I interviewed these people. And in the beginning, they said to me, oh, Rick, we had only sad stories. The second world war I said, no, 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 no. You also had a love story. You also was once young. So I interviewed them. And I wanted the title for my book, One Hour a Week Can Change Your Life, because it oh. transformed me 
been volunteering one hour a week, what I recommend to everybody. But then I said, even young people have a defining moment where everything is changing. You find the love of your life on the train station to Pittsburgh. You're, you're, you're winning the lottery. You're booked by Oprah, whatever it is. So I'm writing now this book, uh, One Moment Can Change Your Life. It's absolutely ready. I just uh, have to bring it out to the market. Yeah, so well, that's great. But, uh, so in general, what type of story? I believe you said the, uh, you read... Uh, Happy, uplifting stories to the to the residents of the nursing home now, rather than yeah. Like the you said, funny thing is, <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, Jack Campbell was always my role model. I always read his Chicken Soup for the Soul, and this was the perfect fit for these guys in the nursing home because you know they cannot follow more than ten pages. They fall asleep. They cannot concentrate. So yeah. I took all these books of Chicken Soup for the Soul. They are inspiring. And they're yeah. all true, and I started reading. And for uh, a meeting in, in Philadelphia, he was the guest speaker and had the chance to talk to Jack Campbell. And I told him, hey, Jack, I'm reading your stories in nursing home, and I'm also writing a book. And he told me, Ulrich, from one book, you don't get rich. You have to do what I did, writing a series. So I said, okay, then I will write. It's all about passion. It's all about religion. It's all about sport. He said, you got it. And then I had the chance uh, to apply for his book, Soul of Success. And I brought my chapter, It's All About Fashion, into it. And so I was for the first time uh, um, next to Jack Canfield. And we met again, I think, five, six times now. I was in his house in Santa Barbara. He interviewed me for my book. And so I think we become friends now. And he really gave me the tips. And so I could start my second career writing and speaking. That's great. Well, on your website, you inspire us. Everybody can and should do uh, something to give back. And I'm certain most of us would agree, but can you suggest the best way to discover our calling? Does it always happen just by chance, like I guess in your case it did? Or uh, is there some way that we can uh, explore possibilities and and how how do we find our true calling, in other words? Yeah, I think uh, for me the main thing is we all have an inner voice. We all have this inner voice, and I neglected my inner voice after my coma experience said no no i don't want to take this big task um, and to help people do this and do this i wanted to have a, a fancy life i want to have it easy but i feel we all have this inner calling we all have also an intuition we know what's good for us and we know what's good for others in, in a world where we all distracted with these technical devices with cell phone on tv and whatever so we we spend an average American German three hours a day with computer and TV. This are 30 amazing, years of our life. Yeah, 30 years of our life. Why not going out? And there are people, if people tell me I cannot work in a nursing home, you can do it in the kindergarten. We have a lot of refugees. We have millions of yeah. things to do. And one hour, I think if you start volunteering, you always can stop. You can say tomorrow, no, this is not good for me. But if yeah. you start one hour a week, it will transform you. It will make you a better human being. And you give so much to these people, but you get so much back from them. That's yeah, you can point out that so many of us hide behind our possessions, our home, our cars, yeah. our jewelry, our clothing, maybe our job title. You know, that's another big uh, 
sort of a yeah, prestige we, we, thing. We have, we have a job title, and it really it's, it's hiding what we truly are within. We may be hiding it from ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we have this fancy saying in the fashion business. It goes like this. You buy stuff from money you don't have to impress people you don't like. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Well, you describe writing as part of your desire for a second life. Does that mean you're abandoning your first life as a successful fashion expert? And if not, how are you able to fit these two different lives in? Or is it that difficult to uh, to fit the two? For me, still, you know, this is my history. It, it was uh, very good for decades. I really loved it to travel a lot, to be in European yeah. countries and in, in the United States. And of course, as, as I said before, it was my job to take care of the people who look good on the outside. But yeah. after interviewing the last three years, people young and old, I found out everybody has a story inside. And yeah. really, people gave me their heart and opened up the story and said, hey, Ulrich, you won't believe, but this is my story. And if you like it for your book, I would like to have it for you. So, I mean, it makes me really thinking that, yeah, we see on the outside, there is a house, there is a car, there yeah. is this, this. But what is in the inside? And uh, from these old people, I found out these, they are never coming home again. This is yeah. the last uh, station in this nursing home. And even there, I started with reading, then I improved reading. Now, we also celebrate every Monday uh, tea. And then they, they just ask for the tea. And so yeah. small things can really lead to big things because if you just be aware, be aware is the, is the main thing, but then you have to take action. You have to yeah. see what to do, but then you have also to do it. And this is what I say, if you really don't look only in the cell phone, if you look in the sky, then we can even find out today the sun was shining. <laughs> yeah. Well, on your website you relate, when I die, I don't want my gravestone to read, he sold three million pieces of clothing. <laughs> Someday, yeah. hopefully in the distant future, what would you like your gravestone to read instead? <laughs> I mean, what I said, I mean, if I just, this is, you know, this old story with the uh, sea fish uh, on seashell, where the young guy is throwing them all back in the sea and the old man is coming there. You cannot save them. What are you doing? And then the young guy said, but if I can only save one, then my life was fulfilled. And this is what I say. If everybody contributes some, in some way to our society and giving back and, and really a little bit more respectful and not always uh, I watch the news in the morning, I watch the news in the evening, I know how bad things are outside. But yeah, we can we all, all make the we all can make the difference and we can start small. If I see my neighbor is carrying heavy uh, luggage, why not say, hey, can I give you a hand? Why not be a little more human and friendly? Is this not a big deal? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, as you describe in your website, what is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is uh, really to use the time on Earth really with a meaning. I feel we should have all a life with meaning and not always just hoping it happens. We should make it happen. We should create it. We should really be grateful that we have this wonderful life. We should have a little bit faith. And of course, yeah, I also recommend to believe in God because if you see what's wonderful outside, there must be something bigger than us. 
And yeah. we should also not leave always our sense of humor because I found out even the people not laughing more. They're just so oh, overwhelmed with everything. But most of the overwhelmed thing we have, we create ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We create the problem, then we try to solve it. Well, yeah. Let's talk a bit about your written compositions and where we can find them. You contributed a chapter to a book compiled by Jack Canfield, the inspirational chicken soup of the soul guy. We mentioned him before. Uh, titled, It's All About Fashion. There's No Second Chance for a First Impression. And uh, tell us a bit about your message and about the book in, in general. This is uh, my experience in more than three decades in fashion. So I said also you can use fashion uh, as a tool to have really more self-confidence. And in the end of all, it should be fun. You should not only follow what the magazine and, and, and the trend tells you, because as I said in my interviews, not everybody looks good in orange. So <laughs> you have to find your style where you really feel comfortable, and then you can use it and say, yeah, so tonight I have a dinner, I like to wear this jacket and with this. And so you should use it that it helps you to have more self-confidence not only that I have to buy it because now uh, in this month uh, the fashion industry tells us we have to wear all uh, black ties. So this is not the thing. You should yeah, really. Yeah, that makes so fashion. much sense. You you wear something because it makes you feel confident. It makes you feel good, not just because somebody else is wearing it or somebody tells you to be wearing it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I mean, we are we are all different, and this is what what it makes it really so interesting. Because we should not be all look the same and buy the same car. Because you know, we always look for the neighbor. What is the neighbor having? Here's a that new would computer. That be a pretty boring what? world if everyone looked the same and they all had the same. Exactly, house, the same exactly. Car. <laughs> yeah, we should be individuals again. Well, on your website, you offer a free download of your chapter uh, from Jack Canfield's book. Uh, yeah. Give us your web address where we can go to download it. What's that uh, website? My web address is Ulrich, U-L-R-I-C-H, dash, K-E-L-L-E-R-E-R, dot com. Okay, that, and um, you have a section right on there that... Uh, offers a download of that chapter, I know. Where would uh, listeners go to preview and purchase the full Jack Canfield book, The Soul of Success, uh, the title of it? Where would you go You get that? it in Amazon. In Amazon, you get, get it. Oh, I see. Well, I understand you presently are working on a book which will be the first of a series uh, titled One Moment Can Change Your Life. Uh, when will uh, the book be available for purchase, and how can we keep up on the, the current status of it? I'd love to get a hold of that when it comes out. I will uh, put everything on my website. I hope it will be there soon. And uh, really, everybody can get back to me. My email address is also on, on this uh, website. So please stay in contact with me, and I will upload if the book is out. That sounds great. Well, like Ulrich Keller, a lot of us at middle age have had success in our careers and appear to be living the good life, but we still feel like something's missing. And as related by Ulrich today, if we have a sincere desire to help others as we pass through this world and are open to experimentation, not shy to try new things, we just might find our true calling. And sometimes the message may have been given to us way back in our teens, uh, you know, or early 20s, like Ulrich uh, described, he had that uh, 
out of uh, body experience way back at 16 that gave him a purpose. But uh, I had somewhat of a similar experience of uh, not near death, but uh, had some inspiration back uh, years ago when I was young and uh, what I could do in life. And then I set it all aside <laughs> to go into the world of commerce and earn a living. And so many of us do, do that. But uh, the activity that brings us unrestrained joy and a sense of purpose may be there just under the surface. And if we keep our eyes open and our minds uh, attuned to serving others and not just ourselves, we'll very, very likely find that. And most certainly that true calling will involve service to others, performing activities we're good at and genuinely admire, but also for the benefit of others. And I highly recommend you go to Ulrich's website, ulrich-keller.com, to learn more. And thank you, Ulrich. You most certainly have been an inspiration and best of success on your new book series, One Moment Can Change Your Life. Thank you, Roy, for having me, and God bless you and your family. Thank you. Well, as we fast approach Christmas and New Year's Day, Hanukkah celebration has already begun. Many folks will spend a good portion of their time this holiday season around the dinner table with relatives and dear friends from near and far. And if your plans include an extended family dinner or more than one, here's a question to consider. What will you talk about? There's so much political division these days, even deep-seated ill will in our country and around the world today between folks on the left and folks on the right, between Democrats and Republicans, between pro-Trump and anti-Trump. Of course, my friend, guest today is from Canada, so he doesn't worry about a lot of that stuff. But you press any political hot button these days, and lots of folks are more than willing to plunge right in and defend their position often at the risk of deeply offending others around the table. And unfortunately, we all know that uh, certain relatives or friends may not be on their best behavior this holiday season or on any occasion, and they are the ones that uh, love to bring up and argue politics at any time and any place, especially bad timing on Christmas or, or New Year's, and who may, if left unintended, insist on turning the holiday table into their political soapboxes. And as host or hostess, or perhaps as an honored guest, is there anything you can do to turn the holiday conversation away from political bickering and into family bonding? Well, regular listeners to this program may recall that just a year ago, I welcomed as a guest Rob Lucy, who maintains there is a way to turn this year's Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's dinners into priceless opportunities for laughter, listening, sharing, and learning new things about your closest friends and members of your extended family. And Rob is back with us to share ideas on how to get the dinner conversation started, encouraging everyone to share stories and uh, stories that can bring families closer together. And he'll also refresh our memories on building your very own legacy and why a legacy is not just packaging up all your wealth and divvying it up among your kids or maybe to charities. And uh, you don't have to die to create a legacy. And as you may recall, Rob Lucy is uh, known as the legacy coach. And after university, he sailed the Pacific, spent time fishing for shark in the Indian Ocean, and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and others' high peaks. 
but subsequently he was a journalist at the Canadian Broadcasting Company, or CBC, before he formed his own company, producing mixed media for governments and corporations around the world. He spent 25 years on local, national, and international boards of Make-A-Wish Foundation, and since his last visit, Rob, in January 2017, released his book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. And hello, Rob Lucy. Thanks a million for returning. Hi, Roy. Nice to chat with you again. Well, let's begin with a holiday dinner. How can you make plans in advance to launch a conversation that will produce smiles and laughter all around the table and avoid uh, all that controversy and help uh, family members and close friends to get to know each other better? And uh, ideally, they'd end with physical and emotional hugs all around. How do we do that? Well, I'll describe that. And just in a second, Roy, you did say that I was a Canadian and um, we have a a Canadian prime minister, a few prime ministers ago that said, because our best friends are you guys south of the uh, 49th parallel. Yeah. He said often that, uh, you know, living, living next door to the United States is like sleeping with an elephant. You're all affected <laughs> by every, by every twitch and grunt. Yeah. So we, watch... we don't roll over on you. <laughs> We're an elephant. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll poke you, we'll wake you up before you do, but um, yeah, yeah we're, we're very aware of what's going on down there. And, and yeah, of course there's all kinds of, um, the opportunity for less than healthy conversations at the dinner table. And um, the book I wrote talked about legacy stories, but before that you've got to get people talking and and enjoying one another and learning their stories. And that's, uh, we, we, uh, we, uh, I'll give you a quick story. We were going out for a a new year's uh, uh, to a friend's place who lives on the water on, on an Island out here. And, um, as we were driving there, I said to my wife, well, I'd like to get to know each other a little bit better than just the regular conversation. So we, we developed some questions that everybody would at, answer. Oh, and I'll go through those questions. We, we go, well, I'll go through the, those questions in a minute, but we've tried it now a whole bunch of times, and it works like a charm. The key is, though, to say to your audience at dinner, we're going to try something out here. Everybody's going to answer um, a number of questions, but you don't have to answer the question if you don't want to. All we ask is you you be truthful. You know, take as long as you want, and um, and you don't even have to take uh, questions after you've done your answered your question. And give people the right to say no, no thanks. Or, but I think you'll find once I show these questions to you that it really opens people up, and everybody, even at a young age, has a chance to do it. And what we what would these questions do? It's kind of knead the dough a little bit. They let people know that it's safe to talk, and it's wonderful to hear each other's stories because the most often phrase we hear when we do this is, I didn't know that about you. That's fascinating. <laughs> that's, so, that's the intent, I guess. Is that's the intent. <laughs> yeah. So, I, uh, so we, we've, we've, boiled, we've, we've refined these questions, and, and they may seem really simple, but, and I can tell people listening where to go to get them. Uh, we, we're happy to download the questions to you, but um, yeah. there's some questions that, are, are seem simple, but they really can go quite deep. And we've seen a lot of emotion and laughter, and um, and it takes you away from the things you talked about. Instead of talking about politics and the health system and uh, um, gun gun control and all the rest of it, yeah, let's like have some fun learning about, about each other. <laughs> so here's the first question, and it may seem simple. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. You talk about a you just simple simply answer the question. What is a movie that affected me? Affected. That that verb affect 
yeah. still a very powerful verb. This isn't what's your favorite movie. This is a movie that affected you yeah. and, and still does. And some people, um, uh, one thing I didn't mention, too, you can give these questions to people before they come over for dinner, and they can, they'll have time to think about it. But yeah. if you think about it, uh, what affected you? I, my, my movie was, and so people probably don't know it, was a movie called 84 Charing Cross Road with Anthony Hopkins and uh, one of the Vanessa, Vanessa Redgrave, I think. And it really, it really kind of stuck me to say that people can connect. They never met each other. They had a love story over the over the postal system long before oh. the internet. And it was one that said to me that people can connect and really and fall in love via the simplest means, just as long as there's a willingness to do it. So, that, anyways, I can go. I won't go on in that. But that was yeah. my movie, a movie that yeah. affected me. What? What about? I know this is unfair for fair of me, but do you have a movie that affected you? Well, I can't really think of any right now, but I, I love that okay. topic because it's it's something that's not threatening or nothing personal. I mean, it is personal in a way, but uh, it goes in there kind of in the back door, <laughs> so you don't really feel you, threatened like asking a, a real personal question. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and when people hear what your movie is and what my movie is, it kind of is the catalyst for their engine to fire up and say, yeah, that um, that movie did. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk, and I, they may not even have decided to talk talk about it, but they do. Yeah. Anyways, that's the first that's the first one. So we've got to get going. The second one is a very similar a book that affected me. Oh yeah, that is uh, that can go. We had some long conversations. It took four of us five days to get through eight questions <laughs> because when people got into it. And talked about the book that affected them and the movie, the movie that affected them. It was really, uh, really something. I'll give you an idea. The book that affected me was called Lord of the Flies. Oh yeah, by William I remember, that. remember that one? Like a plane crash. Yeah, they on made a movie out of that too. I remember. But the... all these English schoolboys turned into little heathens. Yeah. And it still <laughs> affects me to say, we have to be very, very vigilant that. When people get together and start making decisions, really question groupthink. Groupthink can yeah. get you into big trouble. Anyway, yeah. that was a, there's two, a movie that affected me, a book that affected me. Here's a big one. This led to a lot of tears, a person that affected me. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people go to their parents. Some people go to a teacher that formed their career. It, was, it had some great stories in it. So there's a person that affected me. And then here's another one, an event that affected me and the implication is it still continues to affect you a lot of people were 9-11 some of it was the birth of their first child some of it was the time they fell off the barn roof and broke their leg and yeah. and, and whatever you know so there's yeah. all kinds of events that affected you so those are four questions yeah that come from and, the past. And people can get that whole list of questions you said they're eight and told where would they go to get that they go to uh our our podcast site called LegacyCafe.org, LegacyCafe.org, and that will um, give you, uh, you, you can poke around there and you'll, you'll find out the, the eight questions. Do you want me to run through the other four then, uh, Roy? I, I think we better get on to Legacy and some of these other issues, but uh, they can well, go there, are, there, there to are get four ups, There are four other questions about the future, which are a whole bunch of fun. But yeah. what this does is then say to the people at the table, it's safe for me to talk. I can tell yeah. stories. And people are amazed at the stories you hear. So this is where it leads into the more the legacy story side. Yeah. This has been a catalyst. When you've got the family together, 
when you hear grandpa or grandma's or uncle Charlie's story about one of these questions, then say, boy, there's a lot. He's got a whole bunch of stories and it will be so sad if they disappear. If uncle Charlie isn't here tomorrow. Well, so my building a legacy referred to wealthy individuals who, upon death, contributed generous sums to nonprofit institutions that's, or charities. That's what. Yeah, that's <laughs> you what. Uh, that's you don't what, have to die, <laughs> and you don't have to have a whole think. lot of money, right? <laughs> a lot of people think that that legacy is dark. It's about death and money, and I, the the purpose of my book is to rip the rip that patina of darkness off it, and show Amen. that we can create legacies of all different kinds that are fun that connect us to people that make us happy and that we can enjoy for 10 20 30 years and then when we finally go we'll know we're leaving some great stuff behind so that's what the whole book is about on the community on the story side we're just starting the engine with these questions at dinner and then you can start and i I show how to go get uncle charlie's story or grandpa's story or mom and dad's stories so that they don't disappear the neat thing roy is that when we start to collect these stories and we send we we can smile because we know our descendants 200 years from now are gonna are going to read or hear them if you do them in video and yeah. you can feel proud that you know hey they they will feel that hey those that's that that great 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 grandpa Roy his blood flows in us and that's yeah. him 200 years ago <laughs> so that, a lot of the, a lot of the book is about collecting those stories. And, uh, and 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 as well as doing your own story and collecting Uncle Charlie's story, and then and also creating legacies with your skills and talents. Yeah, so well, that can, you can, can you give us out. a few suggestions on how to get started? And uh, that's where I'd have a problem. How, how do you get started? You, I guess you need to identify the raw materials that you're uh, that you uh, have to create the legacy before you get started. What are those raw materials you talk about? Well, depending on what the legacy is. So say one of the legacies, there's three types I break them down into. My story, then their story, Uncle Charlie's story, me going and gathering those stories, and then create new legacies that have a story with them. So on my story, I call it, there's a, a concept called the legacy letter, where basically you tell who you are. And you can do it when you're 18, you can do it when you're 88. It doesn't really matter. But when I did mine, I felt fabulous when I put it in the drawer. The raw materials... When I told my story, I boiled. I looked at a list of 300 values and boiled them down to five. Huh. And then I told basically those five values. I just said, "Here's why this is important to me, and here's a story of how I lived that value." And it was really quite easy to do and breathtakingly um, um, and joyful because when I had it all written and put it in the drawer, I felt absolutely relieved. And everybody we've talked to on the on the podcast feels it's a great way to have your story there. So that if you're hit by a herd of water buffalo tomorrow, <laughs> mom and mom and dad and your kids and your grandkids and everybody will learn a whole bunch about you, and so will those descendants 200 years from now. Yeah, well, you talk the, about your values, talents, skills, and resources. Those all, I guess, all go into uh, creating. Those are all kind of the yep, yep. Those are all kind of the raw materials. So then, then collect. So that's doing my story. There's a variety of ways to do it. As I collect Uncle Harold's story. Um, or grandma or grandpas, I, 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 I give some hints on how to collect those stories, and it's just a really a conversation, really a conversation between you and that person. And then, and then building legacies is building legacies, Roy, from a corner garden to an international charity. We all have the ability to do it. Sometimes we just don't give ourselves the permission to be yeah. creative and to build something that, that can affect people, connect us to people now, and everybody's enhanced lives, or everybody's lives are enhanced by it. And then... Uh, and then, you, as I say, you know that, hey, you've done that one. You can move on and do another one. And knowing that these will continue 
when you do go, and that's that's a great source of pride and happiness. Yeah, well, your book sounds like a great last-minute holiday gift for somebody. Where best should we go to preview and purchase it? Well, if you can preview it at, at Amazon, of course. Amazon's yeah. the big monster that has them all, and you can read the first chapter. You can go to our site and download the first chapter if you like, oh, uh, which is called which is called createmylegacy.com. You, you'll also get there through the legacycafe.org uh, site. So there's two places to go, legacycafe.org or createmylegacy.com. Read the first chapter, and then if you like it, um, I would be delighted to hear from people that uh, what what they're doing. We've had some great um, joy hearing of uh, uh, people kind of waking up to the fact that legacy isn't, as you say, about yeah. death and money and, and trying to, you know, finding out from your eulogist what your legacies were. That's yeah. just a little bit late. You're, hopefully your spirit's floating around so you can hear the eulogist. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think you want to go knowing what your, your legacies are because they were fun to build. They were yeah. easy to build. They brought you closer together. Well, furthermore, if you have a legacy, it uh, gives you a direction and purpose in life by gathering those facts and thinking about values and skills and all that kind of stuff. Then you really find purpose for your life rather than just drifting through. And in hindsight, in conclusion, I myself spent 30 years sleepwalking through life, never even dreaming of leaving a legacy. And because of that, I had little, if any, direction and was unhappy and unfulfilled most of the time. And don't let that be you, because preparing a legacy now will not only inspire you to think about what your values are, what's important in your life, and how best you're prepared to connect and to serve others. And you will want to connect and serve with others if you're proud of your own legacy and you want to learn the legacy of others. And that's a great idea, writing about Uncle Charlie or or somebody else, your own grandparents or parents, to discover what... uh, what they contributed and uh, what they left from their legacy. And believe me, once you uh, do that, you'll discover joy and lasting happiness. I guess, Rob, you call it the legacy smile. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I do when I do my own legacy letter or when I when I collect the stories of Uncle Charlie or Grandma and Grandpa. By the way, they are so delighted to be asked to tell their story. Some, people, oh, some yeah. old folks say, well, I really don't have a story. Just use some of the techniques I've got in the book, and, and the, all, the dam will break, and those stories will come out, and you'll say, oh, my heavens, I've never heard of any of these stories. Yeah, and before. they'll be so happy once they tell that story to uh, relive all the, uh, the what really made them the person that they are, and, and they want to, everyone wants to be remembered, and that's not self-centered. That's just, uh, you know, who wants to go through life and not make a contribution, a positive contribution to others. And... Uh, uh, believe me, uh, I highly recommend that you uh, preview and purchase Rob's book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. And uh, once you get started on you doing your own legacies and legacies for others like a grandparent or a parent, whoever it might be, uh, you'll find lasting joy and happiness in your life, and I highly recommend Rob Lucy's book. Thanks a lot, Rob, for for joining us today. Uh, Maybe you can come back again next year. (laughs) Roy, I'll I'll, I'll come back after you've you've sent me your legacy letter about your life and values. How about we do one after that and tell people what what Roy's legacy letter was all about? Yeah, that's true. I'll have to get around to doing (laughs) (laughs) the courage to do that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rob, and have a great holiday season. And uh, Thank, Hopefully, yeah, thank you, Roy. You All the best. Catch. All the best to you, too, and thanks for chatting again. 
And thank you so much, Rob, and connect and have a great holiday season. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 